Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. We're coming to you live from 105.7 FM, The Fan. Okay. Oh. Well, welcome back to the second hour, folks. Uh, We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. Danny Bush, Tommy the True Neubauer, Greg Janik, our producer. And, uh, of course, as usual, we are live and unrehearsed, so if you want to get in touch with us with a question, comment, fishing report, whatever, 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. And I forgot to tell you that you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And, Danny, I do have an email here. I'm not going to say who it's from. But speaking about boat launches, did you know, you know, out at Pike Lake, there's a, like a state park, right? Yeah. Where you can do all kinds of stuff out there. Camp, I think. Yeah. Now, it was brought up about, uh, uh, here, the recommendation to develop, a, now this is from a DNR official, the recommendation to develop, to develop a boat launch at Pike Lake State Park, which, by the way, if you had a sticker, you could launch there then, okay? Right. Okay. Was approved at the park's master plan. The department still supports this project, but I believe our challenge has been securing funding for it. You know, the state spends a lot of money all over the place buying land and doing whatever, but they can't afford a few bucks to put a boat launch in at a state park? <laughs> I don't understand this. How much would it cost to put a boat dock out there and a, and a ramp on either side? I, I, I mean, they got a lot of parking out there. Lots of parking. So they and don't have the money? It, they're trying to secure funding for it. Now, this was brought up a few years ago, and or last year, I think, and they're still trying to secure money for, fund, money for it. But, you know, I mean, granted, there is a several boat launches on Pike Lake, the best one being Reef Point Resort, it, and, and they charge a nominal fee. It's 8 bucks, you know, which isn't bad. Uh, but, you know, the DNR would like to put a, a boat launch at the state park, but they don't have the money for it. Well, but they got money for everything else. All right, so I got some ideas for you, okay. Tom. What's some I got ideas? Got some ideas for you. What's that? 
Well, what they need is they need a fundraiser. They got to raise some funds. So, yeah. Which do you think would be best? Um, <laughs> taxes. Here we go. <laughs> That's what they do. How about? <laughs> tell me what you like. How about a bake sale? Yeah, bake sale. What are we baking? Whatever, bake sale. Or how about a raffle? They could do a raffle and raise some money. They could. Or how about a walkathon? There where you, you get go. all these hikers on state yeah. trails and they get pledges for each yeah. you know mile that they walk to yeah. raise money for a boat launch. Yeah. Or how about they raise property taxes in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. How would you like that one? Oh, boy. I don't, we'll think, call it I don't the, think many people would we'll like that. We'll call it the boat launch tax. <laughs> yeah. A half a percent for only five years. Would you pay? That'll turn into let me 20. Ask, let me ask you that. Would you pay an extra penny sales tax if you knew the money was going to boat launches around the state? An extra penny? An extra penny. You mean for every purchase? For or everything you buy, buddy. One penny? One penny. One cent. Sure. Boat launch tax. Oh, sure. You surprised me. Sure. I surprised. Yeah, I would. Okay, sure. well. Or hey, we go. how That's... about this? How about, you know, at the gas station. Solution you... to everything. More taxes. Hey, you see all of these uh, 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 scratch-off cards at gas stations and wherever, you know, all these That's lotteries. That's a brilliant idea. How about a launch lottery? The launch lottery. Yeah, a launch lottery. Make sure that all these launch. Make it a $2 card. Yeah, why is it in northern Wisconsin you got a launch on every lake, several launches, and they're all they're all free? But down here, they're not they're not free, and you don't have a launch on every lake. Why is that? Well, because wealthy landowners from Douglas County have a much more liberal perspective than wealthy landowners down here who don't want anybody yeah. on their lake. But speaking of the uh, state going canting, can't afford a boat launch, Tom, here's another mm. thing that will help them uh, not afford it. January 3rd and 4th is uh, it's a, it's a big free Did weekend. Did you say January? Did I say January? Hold June. 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 June there we go. Oops, that's, a, that's a U, not an A. Okay. June 3rd and 4th. It's free fishing weekend. Yeah. But also, uh, in state parks, it's free hiking on the trails, free biking on the state trails, free ATVing on the ATV trails, free admission to state parks and forests. That'll be Jan June. <laughs> June 3rd and 4th. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. So, they're encouraging people to get out there and enjoy the great uh, outdoors. And I was surprised, too, because if I read it, now check your own regulations on this. Don't hold me liable for your ticket. But uh, I believe not only free fishing, but you don't need the stamps. You can right. even go on Lake Michigan and not have the Great Lakes right. Trout stamp. However, very important, all regular regula regulation size limits and bag limits do apply. Right. Hey, we got another email. This comes from Ray. He says, hey, guys. A few friends and I are leaving today for a week of fishing on Black Oak Lake in Vilas County. I'm told that it's a very clear lake down to 35 feet. Now, I don't know if he means it's 35 feet deep or you can see down 35 feet. What tactics tackle would you suggest? Wisconsin DNR states that the lake has largemouth and smallmouths, walleye, northern pike, crappie, muskie, and lake trout. I would be going mainly for northern, crappie, and walleye. I look forward to your show every Saturday. I'm listening. Thanks for your help, Ray. So he's going to a, a, a deep, clear lake and uh, fishing for 
Wall, Northern Walleye and Crappie. Well, yeah, that's you a get lot. a report from Dennis Royce. Yeah, because that's up in Vilas County. Uh, well, first of all, I would recommend call you know getting in touch with some local bait shop that's up there. I've never heard of this lake though, Black Oak Lake in Vilas County. I've now, never heard of that one. Now, if I were What's up the name there, of Black what? Black Oak Lake. If I were up there targeting the bass and walleyes, what I would do is I would go with a uh, spinning rod spooled with braid and a fluorocarbon leader. Uh, that would be my clear water plan up there if I were going for those. Mm. For the pike, you could gamble without a leader, but, yeah, I don't well, know. What I, well, right now, the water temperature, Ray, up there is not as warm, warm as it is down here. Walleyes will still be rather shallow, let's say down to maybe uh, eight feet if there's any starting to be emergent weeds. You know, a jig and a minnow, you can't go wrong with that along the the weed line edge, you know, inside, outside weed line edges. Uh, the other thing, too, you know, with maybe six or eight pound test line, uh, the, the northern pike, you can, you know, throw something like a MEPS or a minnow imitator, something like that. You know, you can throw that. Uh, for the panfish, I'd definitely be going with the mini mite. Yeah. And uh, but I would recommend if the water temperature is below fifty five degrees, I would uh, put a put like a waxworm on the mini mite. But if it's above fifty five degrees water temperature, you don't need any extra meat on that bait. And of course, there those fish are going to be starting to move in. I, like I said, I don't know what the water temperature. But you know, Danny, when you're going to a lake, when somebody asks us a question like this. There are so many variables involved oh, yeah. that we don't know. We don't know what the water temperature is. We don't know what the weed growth is. We don't know if it's a sandy, rocky, mucky shoreline, you know, structure. You, you know, that's, and you don't know if it's going to be a bright day, a cloudy day. You don't know if the wind's coming what, which way or the other. Uh, that's another thing. If it's walleyes, I'd be fishing the windy side of the lake, you know, where there's a little bit of wave action. If it's for the crappies, I'd be fishing in uh, the calm side, you know, the sunny side, calm side of the lake. If it's... Uh, Northern pike, I'd be fishing around weedy areas, you know, because they're looking for those panfish that are coming in, too. They want to eat them. So there's so many variables involved that you don't know until you get there. And it sounds like he wants to fish for a little bit of everything. So I guess uh, if you're fishing for a little bit of everything, I'd go with a crescent wrench bait (laughs) like the mini mite (laughs) because the mini mite, you can catch anything on that. And the other thing, too, is the plastics at this time of the year, whether you're using a wacky rig or if you're using a tube jig, you know, uh, what, and you know, the different types of, of worms to use for, for wacky rigging would be either the chomper salty sinkers, the Yamamoto Senkos, the yum dingers. They're all good. They all work, you know, uh, and all you just need is a short shank wide gap hook to stick through the middle of it. And, and, you know, a lot of people, Danny, they'll say, Hey, uh, you know, the fish can see that hook sticking through the middle is sticking out. Cause you know, we're all taught. Hide the hook, hide the hook. Right, right. Fish don't know what a hook is. <laughs> it doesn't bother them. Don't worry about it. Does not bother them at all. You know, you look, Craig. You got something on, no, on that Black lake? O, no, Black Oak Lake is close to the Wisconsin-Michigan border. Very oh. close. Oh, it's uh, looks like it's just outside of Land O'Lakes. Oh, okay. Wow. Right close off to, of close to Lake View Uh, it's right off of Highway two? Highway B. Oh yeah, B B that goes right through Boulder Junction in Vilas County. What what, what lake did you say? Black Oak. Oh, Black. Wait a minute. A lake viewed is there. It's spelled L A C. Yeah, it's V I E. By Spring Lake. I think that's a little. I've never heard of that one either. Okay, because like yeah, Black Oak, Mammy Lake. Okay, so never Forest heard of that. Lake. So Black Oak. 
Yeah, well, what you say, Tom, is you're right. You don't know all the conditions. Um, Plastics, you said wacky rigging. Um, Or the tubes. Those always work, too. I've read some things about slowly working a grub. Just if you... Oh, you oh, oh, swim, 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 swim jigs. Grub. As a matter of fact, I just, over at Sherpers yesterday when I was working, I picked up two new swim jigs and some trailers, some chunk trailers. Uh, yeah, I've been using that for years and years. Uh, swim jigs uh, work extremely well. Uh, it Basically, all a swim jig is is uh, a spinner bait without the spinner. <laughs> so... So I, so I just got, I've got, I was going through some of my plastics, Tom, and I've got, um, chompers, mm-hmm. salty sinkers there. It says grub and they're like four inches long. And it looks like a bunch to, of tentacles on each side. Oh, tentacles on go on each side. It looks like that's where you can take like a regular jig, uh, uh, uh like a football jig or something like that. Just a plain jig. Right. Yep. And when you put the jig onto that grub, since it's got the skirt on the front and the back. Yeah, which side? Because I, I want to get some jig. I, I was going to stop by Sherpers and yeah. ask you for some jigs. Yeah, we've got, you know, you can use just a, just about any kind. Some people b- prefer one over the other, but don't stop and buy any. I've got, I'll give I'll bring you some. I got a bunch a of different ones. Yeah, jig? I got a bunch of different ones. Stand-up jigs, football jigs, all the different kinds. Okay. Stand-up jigs are good for that, too. Yeah. Because I was going to go up by Sturgeon Bay and just try and slow swim that. Yeah. Well, I'll have to see you. I'll have to come out by you this week. Maybe see stop it. out and drop them in your mailbox. Okay. Because I got all those chompers. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. And I thought, yeah. well, maybe I'll try using Why do they have the skirt on both sides? Well, which side do well, I see, hook it see, in then? On a, lot of, on a lot of jigs, they uh, like on swim jigs, they come with a rubber skirt, right? Right. But with with that chompers, I forget what they call it. It's a certain I can't remember the name of it. It's got a small skirt on the front and oh. a bigger skirt, like a tube jig, on the back. So you want to have that smaller skirt towards the head of the jig, okay? The smaller one in the front. So this allows you to take that tube jig, which is they got a special name for it. It's got a skirt front and back. It allows you to use any uh, any unskirted jig. You can put that on anything. Okay, so you so, so I'll get some. Okay, I'll get some I'll, jig heads for I'll, that. I'll have to drop those off in your mailbox. The, the other thing that I've got, I do have some uh, five-inch Kalen's Lunker grubs. Oh yeah, and uh, the type of uh, jig to use for that, from reading and going online, is a mushroom head jig, and yeah. the preferred head, one yeah. is from Gopher, from Gopher Tackle Company. Sure. So I couldn't find any of them around anywhere, so I. Ordered online from Gopher Tackle, I got, it's called the Big John's Mushroom Head Jig mm-hmm. by Gopher Tackle. And uh, what it is, I guess, for the, for a, like a five-inch Kalen's grub, you want a, a thin, longer shank hook. Yeah, longer and, shank. And, yeah. and when you rig it, apparently what you got to do, it's very important how you rig it. You rig it so the tail's down mm-hmm. and the hook is up. Right. And then they said you gotta line it up so it's nice and straight. So I guess there's a seam in the Kalen's grub, correct? That, that you gotta line it up with that seam mm-hmm. and and get it rigged perfect. But like up up in Door County, apparently that's a preferred method by some of the uh, guides and so forth up there, especially this time of year. And I guess what they do is you just long casts in the clear water, make a long cast. Otherwise, he says if you see the smallies, they see you. You're not not gonna catch those smallies. Long cast, and they said you can just just wind it slow. You know what? When we come back with the Larry Smith update contest, 
I'm gonna. I gotta tell our, our our listeners about something about if you can see the fish, the fish can see you. Because you know what? That's not always true. No. Nope. And I and I'll explain why. Okay. When we come back here on the one, the the only Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, coming to you live from the Bait Mate Fish Attracting Studios. Who do we got on the line, Greg? We have another wealthy landowner County. From, from Douglas, Douglas County. County. Tim Bush Except is on the line. He's not a wealthy single straight landowner from <laughs> Douglas County. He's a wealthy single married yeah. straight landowner from <laughs> Douglas County. Good morning, Tim. Morning. How hey, are you guys doing? Tim, you are going to be our <laughs> contestant for the Larry Smith, I'll tell you what, under and over contest. I'll explain now, it, Tom. Yep. Now, Larry Smith has a tendency, ever since he started his show last year, to say, I'll tell you what. He says that he was saying it quite a bit. Uh-huh. Now, for the first, I don't know, five, six, seven contests, he was going over eight and a half, which means he was saying it nine times or more. Okay. Well, the last three weeks... Like last week, our contestant, Kevin, he picked the under at eight or less. The last three weeks, we've had a winner. Kevin was a winner last week. And what you win is a $10 gift certificate to Bucky's Fine Meats and Sausages in McGuanago. Awesome. So awesome. if you win, you'll probably give it to Danny, right? And I'll pick right. up the stuff for you. <laughs> and he'll pick yeah. it up for you. Hot sticks for the All blind. Right. And so, like I said, uh, he was saying it a lot, over a lot of times, 13 times a show, but the last three weeks, he's actually only said it seven or eight times. Okay. So, do you think he's going to say it nine or more or eight or less? I'm going to go with nine or more. I'm going to break the mold. Okay. All right. Tim over and nine plus. All right. I'm writing it down as we speak. Okay. Right. And uh, uh, we'll find out. Tomorrow, we'll let you know if, if you're, you're a lucky, winner or not. If a lucky wiener or not, Tom will take care of that. Yeah, for as a matter of fact, uh, you want me to? If you win, should I just give the gift certificate to Danny? No, he doesn't no. trust me. He's got, Danny. Huh? Danny, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he can enjoy the sausage. All right, all right, I'll give it to Danny then. Okay, so so what's the fishing report? So give us your report. Fishing report, fishing report, and a little bit of a turkey hunting report. Uh, okay. Winnicott Bridge has picked up in the last week. Still not normal, hot and heavy action, but they're getting some fish. I went out. I think it was Tuesday night, and surprisingly, I didn't have to fight so hard for a spot on the bridge, which is normal. But uh, and I, I started at seven o'clock. I didn't get anything till eight. The guy next to me was nailing them. Typical, you know, one guy's hot and getting all the fish. But uh, I kind of modified my setup a little bit. From eight to nine, I got four walleyes. They're not giant. They're eater size, like thirteen to fifteen, maybe a sixteen incher. They're small males coming back, so I got four of them. And then I stayed another 45 minutes trying to get the fifth, and I, I couldn't get it. But it was still fun. I got some nice walleyes. We're going to cook them up today, probably. What What are you? What are you? Just a jig and a minnow, or Wolf River rig? Or yeah, it's it's a Wolf River rig with a floating jig and a leech, and it's kind of a unique setup. You're fishing the upstream side of the bridge, and you're 
when the fish grabs it, your line actually goes slack, which is a total opposite of what you normally do when you're fishing. You wait for the, the fish to bite and the rod starts jerking. Well, this is the opposite because they're coming downstream. You use just enough weight to kind of hold bottom, and you cast upstream a little bit. So when they, they come down and they grab your leech on the floating jig head, and your line actually goes slack, so you just wind up the slack and set the hook. Huh. Uh, now, do you? What weight are you using then? You say you got to have uh, just enough. Normally, about an ounce. You can modify the weight three quarter ounce ounce. If there's heavy current, you can bump it up to an ounce and a half. But you kind of play around with that. And a liter length on the Wolf River rig. When I first got there, I had probably fourteen to sixteen inches. And the guy who was nailing them next to me, he only had about eight inches. So um, once I modified the the length to the to the sinker on the uh, for the for the leader on the sinker, then I started catching fish. So maybe they were tighter at the bottom. I don't know, which is unusual because normally when they're coming downriver, they're higher up in the water column. So I don't know. It's fishing. Who knows? You know, sometimes it's a color. Sometimes it's the depth, whatever. But you just play around with it until well, you it's, start getting it's, them. it's good that you were observant and changed. Uh, you're more... F- Tim's more flexible than I am, Tom. I'm the type that tends to be stubborn and keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas he tends to be the guy that's mixing it up, and he's looking at the guy next to him and thinking, well, what's he doing that I'm not doing? And right. guess it works. That's so, good. So that's decent. Uh, turkey report. Turkey report. I went out after work Wednesday, and I I got out there. I got set up. I put a couple decoys out. I usually try decoys. They don't always work, but sometimes they work like a charm. Got a strutting Tom decoy in a hand. I scared a hen out of the field when I got there, sat down. I was kind of tired after a day of work. Started raining lightly, which can actually be good. They come out in the fields in the rain a lot and call every 15 minutes or so. And I, I kind of was in a half a doze. I look up, coming on a string from across the field. I see a big red head and a long beard, and he's coming at a steady walk. And he was already about 50 yards away, which is borderline range when I saw him. And the gun's laying next to me wasn't in a blind. I was just crouched down in the brush and weeds. So I had to slowly pick up my gun and make sure he didn't see me. And by then he was only 30 yards away. But I, sometimes sometimes if you let them come all the way in, they'll, they'll actually start attacking your Tom decoy. They'll jump up and start spurring it and stuff. Well, I just had a call in my mouth, mouth call, a diaphragm call, and I kind of clucked at him real loud and got him to stop and stick his head up when I blasted him. But that was a nice bird, 21-pound Tom I got the other night. So I heard Dan was going turkey hunting, so I kind of wanted to ask him about that, tell him the story a little bit. Yeah, I've uh, I've got this in front of me here. I'm going to pull it out of the box, Tim. I've got the Montana decoy. It's called the Fanatic Reaping Decoy. Yep. It, it's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it out. It's supposed to be <laughs> f- 3D lifelike, pre- I don't know. It's supposed to be, like, really good, so we'll look at yeah. it. Yeah. You know, you know like Tim, a turkey. Tim, I saw a, a, a video of uh, a Tom Turkey attacking a guy's decoy. It yep. was hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just yep. he beat the crap out of it, you know? Well, yeah, they do. They, they kick the crap out of it. That's kind of why, well, I had the decoys about 20 yards. You don't want them to get, to get too much closer than that, or your pattern on these deluxe turkey loads is so tight. Right, yeah. You, you can actually miss them. I mean, at 10 yards or 15 yards, <laughs> your pattern's not much bigger than a softball. Miss them or end up with a headless there. turkey. Yeah, yeah that's, right. That's right. why you need my sawed-off pistol grip shotgun. 
<laughs> yeah. Deluxe heat-seeking shotgun. Yeah, yeah, but I, Dan's talking about a reaping decoy. That's a new technique where you actually you have a big decoy, like a strutting tom decoy, and you stalk them, you see them out in the field. And I did that. I've shot a couple that way. I've got a giant decoy I made out of three different I, tail feathers, fans of three different toms. Made my own, and it works awesome. Last year, I saw a flock of turkeys in the field, and I uh, they were several hundred yards away. I couldn't tell toms or hens or whatever, but I just grabbed this huge decoy, and I started slowly stalking toward them. Three toms broke away from the flock, came at a run toward me, and I was actually a little scared, like, what are you going to do when three toms come up to you and start kicking the snot out of your decoy? So you're holding when it. They got about, when, they got, <laughs> when they got when they got about five yards away, I stood up and then it was pandemonium. There's turkeys jumping left and right. And I missed the first shot because they were so close. Oh. But as you were sprinting away from me about 40 yards, I rolled it with the second shot. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, so it can be a very effective So those three turkeys <laughs> had to freak when you stood up. <laughs> That's funny. That'll They're show They're going every different direction. <laughs> That'll show them. Hey, Tim, we appreciate you calling in and giving us, Eric. Do, do this more often, all right? All right, all right. Sounds good. And, all right. And when we come back from a break, Danny's going to open I'll, up this 3D box I'll or call whatever. you tonight <laughs> on advice on how to clean a turkey. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if oh, I get one. Man. Hope you get a man. We'll see you guys. All right. All right. All Bye, right. Tim. Take okay, care. we got to run to a quick break. Uh, oh, and just real quickly, Dan, I do want to mention that I still have that uh, that uh, sawed-off pistol grip handled shotgun with the camo case and the extra shell holders and all that stuff. I mean, it's really cool setup. If you're interested, I'm selling it. Just email me at ceoguys at yahoo.com. We'll be right back with more when Danny opens up his, what is it called, a fantastic? It's the Montana Fanatic Reaping Decoy. All right, we'll do that. And all of you, just, just watch your radio screen. I don't know why and they call it you'll Reaping. Be able, you'll be able to see Danny's decoy. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back, folks. Well, Danny's reading the instructions. <laughs> we are coming to you from the Baitmate Fish Attraction Studios. Danny, you were reading those Chinese instructions. <laughs> well, we we pulled out the old Montana yeah. decoy company, the Fanatic Reaping yeah. Decoy. The Fanatic Decoy is as light and realistic as it gets when it comes to a full strut gobbler decoy. The lifelike size and a photographic realism creates an appearance that's sure to rile up any gobbler that sees it. So, anyway. And what's hilarious, Danny, is that when you're hiding behind it, there's a little spot where you can look through. You've got little eye. <laughs> there's a mesh part where you can be looking. <laughs> looking through and you're holding this up with a stick that you can also put in the ground right right yeah. right so like when i'm ready to shoot and that turkey's coming in at me ready to fight i gotta stick it in the ground and i asked tim if i jump up and and shoot real fast he said well he said normally it's best if you can just poke your head up slowly over the top and with your barrel and and blast but I wonder if I can find a way to put a hole in the decoy for the gun, too. You oh, know, where yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you could somehow just run it yeah. right through. But uh, the thing, only drawback, Tom, 
you know, I'm not as spry as I used to be, and I can see this killing my knees as I'm crouching down right. for right. a hundred yard walk or whatever, crawling on my hands and knees yeah. across the field. But maybe the adrenaline will be going so much when I see a tom turkey what, coming towards me. What do you? What's the? Does it say the dimensions on that? Because it looks like it's about three feet wide and about three feet tall, roughly two like and a, a half. Looks like a gosh darn real life turkey size. Yeah, to I mean me. it looks pretty. I mean it's pretty big. Yeah. Unf- oh, 29 by 29. Okay. It's made for the run-and-gun turkey hunter. However, here's the one thing that reaping they stress over and over and over again uh, is the safety aspect. Somebody could shoot you. Somebody could mistake me. Yeah. How could they mistake me crawling oh, on Oh, they've it? done it before. It says, here it is, I note on safety. Turkey reaping can be a successful tactic but should only be applied when safety is assured and there are no other hunters nearby. You know, you want to know when you'll know when there's another hunter nearby? Boom! Yep, yeah, yeah, then you'll you know. know. Uh, decoys assume all risks. No, wait. Use of this product in all Montana decoys. Assume, so I'm assuming all the risk. But here's the thing: it it popped out and sprung out. Good, Tom. But yeah. folding it is kind of. It's going to be like folding a state map. So I'm back. reading these instructions. <laughs> folding instructions for the fanatic reaping decoy. Number one. Start by holding the decoy vertically out away from your body. And they've got vertically spelled V-I-R-T-I-C-A-L-L-Y. So looking at the box made in China, evidently in China they don't know how to spell the word vertically. No, I'm sure they don't. Let's see if there's any other misspellings here. I don't know. i got to figure out how to fold it. Otherwise, screw it. I'm never going to fold that up again. (laughs) Who do you got on the line, Greg? We have Kevin from Greenfield. Okay. Hey, good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind? Good morning, you Tommy James fan. Tommy Moni. James, that's right. That's right. Moni, Moni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> What's the best fish to eat, Tom? Okay, we'll explain it to you. Uh, Kevin, uh, best fish to, fish to eat is uh, whichever one you like. Actually, uh, yeah, I like panfish. Perch, bluegill, crappie, walleye, northern. I like them all. I My favorite, <laughs> I don't have a favorite, I guess. I guess I don't either. I like them all. I guess I guess if I had to pick the, one of the dark horse ones that a lot of people, pike, northern yeah, oh, pike. Yeah, I love pike. I love pike. Good northern pike out of uh, Canada. Yeah. Nothing or perch, better than that. Or perch. Lake Michigan perch are awesome. Yeah. Are, I'm actually, a per, any kind of any kind of. I'm a grouper fan. Oh, grouper. grouper. O- ocean fish are very good. Love grouper. You know what? I've had ocean fish and like cod loins in that. I love that. That's well, great. of course, cod is an ocean fish. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. We used North- to go fishing. I have a family mm-hmm. in Clearwater, Florida, and we would go fishing in the Gulf for grouper. Those are, things are huge. huge. Yeah, they are big. Do you ever see the what do they call them? The giant groupers. I, I think they're called giant grouper. Are they the groupers? Giant gr- they're like four, five, six hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, Don't they're, they call it the Goliath? Look, yeah, Goliath groupers. That's it. And they look they look like a largemouth bass. Yeah. They look like a bass. <laughs> they're funny. So, Danny, why don't you try folding that up for us? Why don't you see if you can do that? Hold on. Let me get it. <laughs> Folks, th- th- this thing is actually pretty cool. Uh, the fanatic uh, turkey is that's that's what it's called, right? Fanatic turkey decoy. I mean, uh, I mean, it does look lifelike. You can hide behind it, uh, and I guess they don't care what you know if they see like little legs down there. Or what, what did it look like when it was folded? 
It was a like round. Like a folded decoy. It was round. Hold on. It was, it was, it was round. Like it's pocket-sized. Yeah. yeah, it was like round. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Here. All hey, right, g- read this. G- give me it. Uh-oh. Give me it. Think, you think you can do it? Oh, yeah. Okay, but read the directions to them so you don't want to wreck my decoy. Start by holding <laughs> the decoy right. vertically out away from your body with one hand thumb pointing up and the other hand thumb pointing down. Twist the hand with the thumb pointing up forward and the hand with the thumb pointing down backward. Oh, I get it. The band. No, yeah. No, you don't. You, you, you got no it. clue. You got to twist it. Yeah. It twists. I, Danny, you know what? Uh, the band in the you, you know it's like it's form. like one of those uh, uh, it's like one of those things you put in your your window yeah to, to block the sun from coming out in your car you know how hard those are yeah fold. yeah 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 I see what they mean because it's supposed to twist and that's how it fold uh, yeah you got a thumb pointing up and a thumb pointing down there you go one no you can say top or bottom. You gotta have one thumb pointing. on the top of the bottom, holding the it vertically away vertically. from your body. Oh, vertically, away f- vertically away Where from your body. Where do I put the thumbs? I don't think it said one pointing up, one pointing down. <laughs> Here, look at the picture. <laughs> well, anyway, folks, I got an announcement next week. Next week, and I forget her last name. I apologize, but we're gonna have a lady who is involved in the out of doors. She's uh, big into musky fishing and in all types of fishing, really big into hunting. Her uh, name is Lori, and I apologize, I forget Lori's last name. But Lori's going to be in the studio with us tomorrow, and uh, she she is really up on uh, getting women involved in the out-of-doors, out and which, of course, Danny, more and more women are getting involved in the out-of-doors, whether it be fishing and hunting. And uh, her and her husband, they do a lot of both. So she's going to be in the studio with us next week talking about different things. And she does make her own musky bucktails. She does sell them. Uh, I told her, well, you better get a website. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be hard to to sell them. So anyway, but we got to go to a quick. Oh, look at that. Greg's Greg's getting it. You got one thumb up, one thumb down. There you go. Keep twisting. I think you almost got it. Don't lose an eye there yeah. if that thing springs back. Yeah. Careful now. Don't don't break it. Oh, almost. You almost had it. All right. Greg, I'll tell you what. During the break, why don't you work on that? That's going to be your job. We'll be right back with more. Of the you got to mid- teach me. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. It's the final Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. Coming to you from the Baitmate Fish Attractant Studios. And I guess, uh, what, how much time do we have left, Tom? Oh, we got about almost 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Okay. Yeah. Maybe we can call the technicians and get a report? Yeah, hold on. Well, oh, well, we got somebody calling. And there was one, I was going to tell you a couple of things. Who do you got on the line, Greg? We got the usual last segment up north report from... Boulder Junction. Oh, Dennis Royce, our Boulder Junction connection. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, guys. I got your hat on my head, and I'm going walleye fishing this morning. And I and the weather is ideal, and the fishing's been real good the last couple of weeks. Yeah. What's the water temperature where you're at? Right now, uh, last night we were on a big lake, a deep lake, uh, and it was 48 to 50, depending on where you were on the lake. But most places it's around 51, 52 degrees, and 
and uh, walleyes are really going good right now, and crappies are really starting to take off in the warm sun and warming our water up. So. Yeah. Well, what was? Uh, do you ever hear of a lake called what was it called again? Big Oak Lake. Black Oak. Black Oak Black Lake. Oak. Black Black Oak Lake. It's a it's a good it's a good lake. There used to be some fantastic bluegill fishing up there. Something towards land the lakes on Highway B. Okay. And, and uh, good lake. It's, it's tough to fish though. It is a tough one because one of our uh, listeners uh, sent us an email and asked us about that. What about uh, good panfish in it, though? There, there used to be some excellent bluegill fishing, and, and I think Eddie Lake still has that. You're just going to learn how to find yeah. them. But, uh, and what about what tips could you give them for catching walleyes on that lake? Oh, man. I, <laughs> or on any lake. Like, well, you're out there this morning. What are you doing? I'm right now. We're fishing from 16 to 18 feet of water. We're trying to find a little rock and a little sand. The walleyes are. Some of them are still spawning yet. Uh, we we picked up one last night that was around 21 inches, and the eggs just spewed out of it when we brought it in the boat. Oh and, wow! You know, we put her back, and and uh, uh, hopefully it'll make some little walleyes. What but, um, What is your favorite uh, lure or live bait? Well, I, I hate to promote Jack's jigs, but uh, they, they do an excellent job for us. It's a small, just smaller jig, about an eighth ounce, and tip it with a minnow. And um, but any jig, any leadhead jig will work. But they, I use those a lot because uh, well, John Jimmyan used to have you, the company. Of course, you, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, and you probably get them for free, right? I get a free <laughs> kind of like Tom. <laughs> free is Tom's middle name. Well, you know, sometimes you got to go out on a limb because that's where yeah. the fruit is. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, you like that one, Daddy? <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. So, anybody wants to make a trip up here, you got a weekend coming up that's going to be busy here in the next couple of weeks. We got a triathlon next weekend and then Memorial Day weekend. So. Uh, weather's been nice, so it's dry. We need some rain. Uh, uh, fire danger is quite high right now, but uh, uh, we get a little more growth going in the woods. That'll knock that down a little bit. All right. So, well, but you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy. I'm gonna. I, I got your hat on, so I'm bringing. I hope it's good luck today. I hope so too, Dennis. All right. Good luck, man. You take care. Okay. Man. Okay. okay. Bye now. Hey, you know what? I made a mistake. That Lori, no. the outdoors lady, Lori, <laughs> she's not going to be in the studio next Saturday. It's going to be the following Saturday, the Saturday of Memorial Weekend. Okay. That's when she's going to be in here. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that happens often. He, uh, Dennis mentioned something kind of mm-hmm. interesting. He mentioned still some walleyes that were spawning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, reading that uh, actually they're uh, – they did discover a few more sturgeon up in that uh, Winnebago Wolf River system oh, yeah? that were spawning in the last couple of days, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, the DNR says that it's it's it, that they have there is kind of a phenomenon where there is sometimes a second spawn for the sturgeon. Yeah. Apparently, I think they managed during this second spawn to get forty six of them. And apparently it's such a short-lived thing, Tom, where it might happen for a day and go unnoticed, where mm-hmm. nobody ever even reports anything. And and I'm wondering, is that now, a phenomenon with other fish species well, as well? Let me ask you, now, was it a second spawn or was it just late spawners? No, they uh, they actually, they they actually, they you can go to the website and, yeah. and the biologist talks about it a little yeah. bit. 
but uh, they actually do consider it to be a second spawn. Okay. I think he even mentioned that, that they'd sometimes kind of wonder whether it's mm -hmm. some ling some some. They did mention that perhaps because all that they wonder whether if it gets cold all of a sudden, then you got some that yeah. are lingering and yeah. waiting to do it. Um, Cause but you, it's just kind of interesting. You know, I know that, you know, like on other species in our lakes, you know, like it's real easy for fish, you know, let's say they're coming in to get ready to spawn, and then we have a big rapid drop in temperature or something, you know, big storm or whatever, and it might put them off. They, like, maybe move out, and then uh, all of a sudden, like three, four, five days, maybe a week or two later, they come back in, you know, and do it. And I did. I have noticed one thing over the years is that not all these fish spawn at the same time. Well, right. You know? <laughs> they're, they're, I, I remember years ago um, there was some bass spawning, and I believe it was way, way late. And I tried telling somebody that there was a big female bass. Mm -hmm. And he said, no way, no way. The bass are all done. I'm like, dude, the things, I see it. You know, you know, there are anything in nature. I've, I've said this a hundred times. Anything in nature is possible, but there are things that are highly improbable. It's like one time at a bass tournament, and I know this for a fact. Okay, how much do you think a 17-inch bass would weigh? About two and a half pounds or so? Yeah. Yeah, roughly two and a half pounds. Yeah. And the and there was this bass at this tournament that was seventeen and a quarter inches long. So yep. that's how long, and it weighed four and a quarter pounds. And you know why I know that's a fact because I caught it and I took it to the scale and it was weighed. And everybody was looking at it like that looks like one of those Florida largemouths with the big belly on it. Right. If somebody would have said to me that they caught a, a four and a quarter pound bass and it was seventeen inches, I would have said, Yeah, yeah right. But I actually once again, Tom happened. Newbauer would have called him out on it, Greg. I, I, I would have. I would have said you're full of crap. Well, let's put it this way: I would have taken it with a grain of salt. Have saying, another beer, buddy. And well, no, I wouldn't keep have, those stories going. No, I wouldn't have said that. No, I would have just taken it with a grain of salt because I know that anything in nature is possible. So. But there are things that are highly improbable. But I saw it, so yeah, yeah. Can a can you see a, a largemouth spawning or bluegill spawning a month after they should? Sure. Why not? It could happen. Speaking you of show me one of those 20-inch crappies, I said, I'll give you $1,000. <laughs> hey, that bounty, you know, uh, thanks for just you know want to let Greg, everybody know that Tom's Greg, bounty is still available. You're, you're going to get you $1, one of these days. One of these days, Greg. Right. <laughs> you're an instigator. Hey, uh, boy, you're, he, that Greg, he's a real card. <laughs> he's an instigator. He's a hoot. Yeah, he's a hoot is right. He's going to get it. Ever hear old old terminology that the old guys That's, used to see? Yeah, hoot. That old Ralph, he's a hoot. What a card. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got another one speaking of nature, Tom. Yeah. Fawns. Uh, yeah. There's fawns now that have been dropped, and uh, that the uh, DNR is working where they're in southwest Wisconsin. They're getting volunteers, and they're radio collaring fawns with an expandable-type collar that's supposed to drop off in a year. Yeah. I hope it's easier <laughs> to manage than this fan turkey decoy I got over here. Otherwise, those <laughs> fawns are going to strangle to death. Yeah. But... I thought that if you touched a fawn, that the You're, mother would desert it. Now, am I thinking about another animal that no, they say I've, that... No, I've, I've read that a lot. Well, those are the rabbits. If you touch a, a baby rabbit, the oh, mother will... Oh, the rabbits. But I heard that same thing about fawns. Do not go well, near them. Do not touch them. Evident, really? Evident, I've heard that. I've evidently read it. Evidently not... No. Because otherwise, why would the DNR be going out? And I guess yeah, it's really hard right. to find them because yeah. they lay in the grass real quiet. So, you know, I guess if a human touches the fawn, they're supposed to be odorless. Mama mama comes back and goes, Ooh, pee you, you, you stink, bro. <laughs> smell, like, smell like human. Yeah, smell like human is right. 
Hey, don't forget, folks, if you're interested in that legal sawed-off shotgun that I have with the pistol grip handle, 12-gauge pump, and all the other accessories, I'm I'm selling it cheap. So That'd be perfect to hold when I'm reaping today. Yeah, it would be. Because I could get right up on top of them and pop that little barrel. Otherwise, i got this long-barreled shotgun to hold. Just email me at... New bu- uh, excuse me. Email me at C- new, new at butter. Sh- Tom Wyatt. Hardbottom New Butter. Wyatt. We're gonna be late. Uh, I'm gonna, just email me at CEO Guys at Yahoo.com. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. I'm not gonna get no turkey. You've been listening to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll talk to you all next week. Yeah, you will. You'll get a turkey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.